episode 20. Big launches, big challenges. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And we are back in front of the mic and uh, ready to catch up on, you know, it's been about a month since we've connected and we definitely have uh, plenty to talk about and catch people up on. But I thought, you know, great place to start just from some of the things that we've been talking about regarding White Spark and some of the things on, on your plate. I definitely want to hear about your big launch that you've recently had with the local citation finder and yep. get the nitty gritty details on that. That's exciting times. It's, it's been really weird, actually. Like we haven't talked for a month, I think, because we're both really busy, kind of in a reactionary mode. with all this COVID business. There's so much going on and everyone's trying to do their best to launch some stuff and put stuff out there. And so, yeah, it feels like it's been a while since we talked. But yeah, can't wait to talk about the launch of the LCF. But I guess before we get in there, just like, how are things going? What's going on with you at uh, GatherUp? Yeah, well, you know, we can get to some of that. I'm I'm more of the big challenge part. We had a challenging week last week with a little bit of reduction in staff, a, a few off of my team. And that was incredibly difficult. And talk about, I guess, some of the more difficult parts uh, yeah. of, of that. Um, but, you know, Within this, it's no different than a lot of businesses. There's hard decisions that have, you know, had to be made just based on yep. so many aspects of what's going on in the economy and how it affects, you know, when you primarily serve small and medium-sized businesses. And in some industries, they've been, you know, so susceptible and had their doors shut and not had a way to even adjust. Or if they have adjusted, it's been, you know, a much much different look to their business. So, you know, that, that was definitely really difficult. You know, we've seen some things leveled out, um, from what, uh, April looked like as far as, you know, that first wave of kind of like panic churn. Yeah. Um, totally. that, yeah. That kind of kicked in and now we're just kind of seeing stragglers in some of those, um, situations from what's there. So just kind of adapting with that, but everything on the home front is good. Everybody's healthy and the weather's been nicer. So we're getting outside more and, you know, just grateful for all of uh, those aspects. And we've done a pretty good job of just shifting to what we're happy with instead of what is different or what we're missing out on and things. Yeah. Like right. That. What about you? Um, yeah. So everything is uh, going all right here. I've always worked from home. So, uh, you know, it's not a huge shift for me in terms of um, my work and family life. It's, it's not that, that much different, just not seeing, not, not socializing as much really. And, you know, we, we had a bit of a health scare at the beginning of this. We were all worried that we had it. And so we had to do some distancing in the house, but we've come out of that and everyone's healthy again. And so, um, we still don't know actually if we, if we did have it, uh, even though we got tested, uh, apparently we hear that all the, all the tests are somewhat unreliable, especially if you're, uh, only carrying a small viral load. So we don't know if we have it. We, we're interested to get the antibody test. But because of that, we're extra 
sensitized. And so we're not seeing anybody. We get everything delivered. We sanitize everything that comes in the house. We're just really playing it safe now for, for two yep. reasons. One, we had a bit of a scare and it's like, well, we don't want to mess with it. And two, we don't know if we're carriers now. And so we're extra careful around other people too. Right. So, so we had that, but gosh, now that that's over, it's so nice to just be um, back to living our, our quarantine lifestyle. You know, I spent lots of extra time together, really connecting with my daughter these days, right? We all have really fun playtime every, every night after dinner. So family life has been good and the business has been uh, surprisingly good too. We had a real big scare in at the end of, end of March. Uh, it was, it was getting kind of bad. Lots of, lots of cancellations. And so it was like, wow, not looking good. And so we had to make a bunch of hard decisions similar to you. We, we did a few layoffs and we reduced hours across the team. And some of that was defensive, uh, sort of planning for what was to come. But in the end, April actually turned out okay for us. So uh, our revenue started to climb back up. Uh, we launched uh, a new Yex service, which is uh, Yex replacement service, which was uh, well-received. And and uh, then we launched the new local citation finder. So yeah, it's, it's all been kind of going back in the other direction. So we brought our team, many of our team members back up to full-time hours and uh, we're forging ahead with a lot of stuff. So the business is starting to come out of it looking healthy too. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. I feel like, you know, on the, on a sales and new business side that has been, was really, really quiet. And I feel like in the last week or two, we've started to see more of a pulse there, which Same. I'm yeah. excited about. So yeah, like the last two weeks, it really starts to feel like the sense that people are, um, you know, there was this panic mode at the beginning, everyone's getting defensive, cutting expenses because they don't know what's going to come. But now they're like, okay, well, it's been like this and think we're kind of getting used to this and, and we still have to build a business. So what are the ways we're going to do that? And then, you know, we both run marketing technology companies. So uh, they start looking at us. And so leads are starting to come back in again. Yeah. Awesome. Let's yeah. hope that continues. Let's ride that wave back up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what are some of the things you've been doing at uh, Gatherer? What are some of your, uh, your, diff- your offensive strategies that you've been working on? Yeah, you know the the one thing that we've um, really gotten into is we just doubled down really heavy on content. Right. Um, we just saw. I finally got it like kind of pulled into a thought process the other day, but we were on a call and talking about shipping product and the importance of that and things like that. And I was like, well, I think we're, what we're doing, we're just shipping strategy right now because yep. you know we we have a really robust feature set. And sometimes with that, there's just a lot of elements to it where people, you know, don't understand all the pieces or how to string them together or how to best utilize the features. Yep. So, yep. Uh, and, and I've found it almost cathartic, right. To like be writing and pouring myself into like teaching. So a lot of strategy type blog posts and execution and webinars, right. We had you on a local um, AMA we did, you yep. and I and Joy Hawkins great. and Mike Blumenthal. Yeah, really great. Um, and we we have our monthly customer webinars and we had our agency webinar. So, you know, we've just really gone all out with sharing things that, you know, with not doing as much outbound without as many demos, things like that, where it's like, let's just give people as much education as we can mm-hmm. um, and, and try to help them through it um, to do the best that they can, can for their business. So 
Yeah, I've seen really great content coming out from you guys lately. Uh, it makes me a bit jealous. We're we're a bit quiet on the content front. We're we're actually you're like, okay, we've got we've got all these great features. Let's focus on content. We're like, oh, we've got good content. Let's let's get some new features launched. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's re- it's really I mean that that's not to say right I still have a one heck of a like wish list. Yeah. Um, exactly. And and keeping those things moving forward, but um it it just it just definitely felt like for, especially for our customers, right? Like we want to help you. We want to make it through this together, right? Cause if they don't make it, we're not going to make it kind of deal. Yeah. So h- how do we help them understand how to best use our tool? Yeah. Even come up with different ways, right? Like uh, one of the things that I like the most that I'm trying to get myself on some other podcasts and find some mm-hmm. other ways to talk about is a post about just, you know, reopening, um, during COVID and just how important it is to have these tight cycles of you're making changes, you have new guidelines and safety guidelines and new ways that you're selling. Like you need really tight feedback loops to understand if what you're doing is actually building trust and confidence in the consumer and they will continue to come back. Um, because, you know, your content strategy there, that's, it's so smart to really get into that because people, as they start seeing this and then it's sometimes, you know, they may not even be on your mailing list, but they're a customer and they happen to uh, see something on Twitter or something because it gets shared, all that stuff. Right. So it's really great to be bringing them back and thinking about the product. Yep. And like I said, it's been uh, it's been a good, just great way to focus. And it's one of those things that's kind of it's nice when you get into it and you're able to write these things in string, you know, so many ways that you can use the platform and go deep and whatever else. And it if anything, it's just really renewed my love of like what we've built and how it works and the potential it has uh, and everything else. So that that part of it has been a good like grounding, gratitude, exciting, all, all of those things, even though I, I love it much more if I'm talking to people about it on sales calls. That is a, uh, a greater level of excitement than just riding out into the great wide open. But it right. has been great to help customers and then hear from them after our webinars or have them mail and say, thanks. This is something very tangible that I can use. I am using it. It's opened my eyes. Like that's, it's great to see those things happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Yeah. I actually saw a thing today. I don't know. We're both members of that. Uh, Aaron Kral's SAS uh, growth hacks uh, Facebook group. And yep. uh, he posted this thing today, which I, I immediately talked to my marketing manager about, which was, He's got this like indefinite email follow-up sequence for anyone that has tried the, the software or you know used it and canceled uh, anyone that has like a free trial and but they never converted and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like this sort of discussing all of the features and it's just like you lay out this sequence that runs for indefinitely where you you know it's like every month there's a new email about this new about this feature of the tool where you're really communicating that and so that's the kind of stuff like man, we are not doing that. And I would love to get into some of that. I think there's huge value there. Very cool. If we get to the end of this and we haven't crushed all of our time, I want to share something that just, it's been going on for a little bit, but I finally paid attention to it today and it like, it blew, it blew my mind. So I'll talk really fast then. Yeah. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's dive in. Um, you know, I was, uh, really excited to you know, see and also support retweeting and Facebook liking and everything else, the launch of the 
local citation finder. And I, I also really uh, enjoyed too one of our listeners to the podcast, um, Chris McCarney from uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, chimed in and basically said it only took two weeks. Yeah, um, and I just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Shows uh, Chris is a, a long time and a dedicated listener, and obviously <laughs> the joke Darren has talked about a lot of times is he always your your comments always just two more weeks, two more weeks, and we'll get get that done. So that was really fun to have uh, some of our, uh, one of our podcast listeners weigh in on the launch of local citation finder. Like that was that. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. yeah. The two weeks <laughs> thing is so bizarre, really, when I think about it, because this project, the launching the new LCF has been on our radar for, for at least two years. And the actual development span was at least two years long. It took many different twists and turns along the way to get to where the final product was that we launched. But honest to God, I swear to you, in our initial conversation with the dev team, when we were looking at the original scope, it was like, how long do you guys think it's going to take? I swear to God, they told me two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It was because the original version was just supposed to be really basic feature parity, right? It was because the the local citation finder was running on an old development stack it was on an other server we had to keep it on a different server because it had an old version of mysql but our new software was using the new version it wasn't compatible so the first version was supposed to be like okay well let's let's make these changes to the code so that we can you know put everything on on our on our more powerful server and keep all of our development stack up to date right because we were actually running into problems because we're we're like maintaining two development stacks which was totally annoying and so honestly it was like okay great we'll do that in in two weeks no problem but once you get into that you really start to think about it and like i'm the worst for the two weeks thing is absolutely my fault because i get greedy i'm like ooh, well you know if you guys are working on it maybe we can just make these few little tweaks too while we're at it and the few little tweaks evolve into a massively new feature set and a whole new design and overhaul it. And by the time we even get that stuff done, we got a new development stack we got to put it on too. So it's like, that's how it just tends to evolve. It's just really hard for me to hold back on the improvements. Once we, once I just start looking at it, I'm like, well, you know, this tool really needs this or it needs that. And so that's basically what happens. Yeah. Well, that balance of quality and speed is, always a always a tough thing i i fight it as well i love those i mean you just have coined a phrase for it now right and i i feel like in your company meetings the minute someone says two weeks like alarms should go off absolutely there should be an actual like siren and bell yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but so here's one thing i really love darren just to give people and we'll link to this in in our show notes but you know your post on the release this was to me just so interesting right like this was actually the first first piece of like SaaS software that you built 10 years ago because you really were just a super small couple person web development and SEO firm. Yep. And then you got the idea to build the local citation finder. And here you are, you know, majorly relaunching it. I know, I'm sure you probably added band-aided done whatever else, but like this was probably its first overhaul in, in almost a decade. Yeah. Like as a complete, like, overhaul this is it it's, it's been a decade and i i look back at that post it was kind of like sentimentally you know i'm like oh man like this is the software that 
built the company. This is that was a, a major turning point for WhiteSpark because we were just a an agency building websites and doing SEO for clients, and we only had three developers at the time. We only had three employees. It was me, Keith, and Jeff, I think, at that time. And so I read a post from Garrett French, and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool idea." And we Jeff turned out the first version of this in a three three days. I should go. I should use three days as our as our new timeline. I'll, I'll just keep reference and be like, "How long is that going to take, guys?" And they'll be like, "Oh, two weeks." I'll be like, "Well, you know, Jeff built the first version of the local citation finder in three days." <laughs> See if I can push them on that. But uh, yeah, we we launched it in three days, and it was really simple. It was just like you put in a keyword, the, the tool runs, and then it sends you an email with with some data. And so that first version, but people really loved it. And then we thought, well. We could turn that into some real software and put a subscription model on it. And we did. And that's, that was our sort of first foray into SaaS, which, uh, you know, it's been 10 years now. And so today we have uh, a whole new version of it. And uh, gosh, I just love it now. Like it's the, it's the, the local citation finder I always dreamt of having. Um, and I'm sure I'll, I'll hate it again in a year because uh, I'll, 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 there'll be new stuff I want to do, right? That's always the way it is. Yeah. Well, you just always raise your standards, know a little yeah. more and things continue to evolve. I, I also love that, you know, you're able to go back just in when this was released. Right. And Matt McGee, a friend of both of ours had, yeah. uh, you know, a long time uh, SEO and used to be editor at search engine land. Like he had, he had wrote that this was a must have tool right back in yeah. 2010. So it was like, you had your own personal Wayback machine in this blog post that existed 10 years. Yeah, his post is still up. It's amazing. I can't yeah. believe that it's still live on the internet. So that was great. <laughs> and actually, and then I guess Matt talking about it. And uh, I remember having a phone call with David Mim. And it was like, uh, Garrett French set it up. Because I think he talked to Garrett. David talked to Garrett first. I think they had a, they they knew each other. And yeah. then uh, Garrett said, oh, uh, David Mim would like to have a call with you. And I was like, oh, my God. David Mann wants to talk to me, and I was so excited about it. And uh, so, yeah, then I guess really it drove all these relationships and getting to know all the local you guys. And, yeah, it's it really just grew from there. Yeah, isn't it funny all, all those things come together in one way or another? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I would say Mim was definitely the main connector, though. Like, uh, he was my, like, I wouldn't have my relationship with Mike Blumenthal without David, Mike Ramsey without it. Like D David was just a, a connector in our. Yeah. I remember meeting you and Ed Reese at uh, a local U. Uh, and that was the first time I met you and, and we hung out and had some drinks and got to know each other. And yeah, I don't, it's all kind of grown from there. So you can, you can blame local U for bringing me into your life. Oh, blame. Hey, I was, thank you. I'll, I'll thank local you. Much gratitude to local you. So with the launch, all right, we're getting off track here, uh, which, which is normal, but um, I'm interested, like with the launch of lo local citation finder, like what was your, um, I want to know what was both your customer base reaction? Like yeah. what stood out the most to them? And then um, what did you see in like new opportunity excitement around the launch of it? Yeah, so it was really well received for sure. So there's a few there's a few really big improvements that we made there. Like number one, the new design. It like the old tool looked like it was built in 2010, and the new tool looks like it was built into in 2020. So it really does look awesome. It's got great visuals. It's fast. It's easy to use. It feels good to use. And and that's 
that's a huge thing. And I, I have to shout out to Nick Perino for really uh, helping with that. He's got a great eye for design. He's uh, really good about thinking about how the user will interact with this stuff. And so he's a, he's our UI UX design guy. And he did such a phenomenal job on the local citation finder, just really thrilled with it. Um, so that was one massive thing. Uh, people love that. It's, it's now also campaign focused in the old version of the software, you just run these searches and they felt so like, okay, I ran a search. I got my data. Why do I keep paying for this tool? I don't need it anymore. Right? So the new version of the tool is really, um, it provides ongoing value on a weekly basis. So it, it's really drives you to create a campaign for each of your locations. And then every week you're going to get a, an update of like, Hey, we found these new citations for you. So it helps you to sort of monitor your citation growth over time. And it also helps you to find new opportunities because we're going to search all of your competitors and find what they have and then report that back to you. And so you're getting this ongoing value from the tool. It's just, it, it keeps feeding you value every week. So that was designed to prevent churn because man, this tool had terrible churn. We were, we were on a, a, a long path of dropping subscriptions, more subscriptions dropping than coming in. And so it was, it was really designed to reverse that. Another big thing that we did was submittability. So people that use the software are really just looking for good, you know, citation directories to submit to. And so now we automatically uh, identify whether or not you can submit to the site, if it's just an easy one to submit to. And we sort by that. And so you're immediately presented with actionable opportunities rather than just a bunch of weird sites like, you know, a directory of dishwasher parts, uh, which is just a list of, of part IDs. And that ended up getting into your results or, or competitors' websites or blogs or newspapers that you can't just go and easily add your business to. It's still good to see that because you can see your, you know, oh, wow, my competitor got a mention on this on this newspaper, maybe I could too, but it's not actionable immediately, right? So yeah. sorting by submittability has been a really great fe feature, good filtering, new charts, new designs. So people were pretty damn happy about it. I think that, uh, you know, lots of people were excited to promote. Uh, our number one fan, Susan Stopey, she was all over the place, uh, you know, all over Twitter talking about how great it is. So thanks, Susan. <laughs> she's she's really been awesome. Um, also got great... Great uh, feedback on LinkedIn. I don't know if, if you are you you do much on LinkedIn, but I've been trying to get more engaged over there. And yeah, uh, I do. I I've, I've always I called LinkedIn slow Twitter. Right. Um, yeah, and right. I realized like yeah, like Twitter isn't for everyone because of the amount of info and how fast paced. But I I interesting enough see people use LinkedIn almost as their Twitter, but it's more like somebody that wants to you know once a week put something um out there or or be connected but huh that's yeah. that's really interesting that you got good play from there i got really good play from linkedin and, I, and uh, my own post on linkedin uh drove quite a lot of interest um but the real big kicker was Rand fishkin shared it on from my post over to his feed on linkedin which was massively kind of him so thank you so much to Rand. For doing that because it drove a ton of of interest lots of comments and so i was like man i'm really starting to think about linkedin and so i've been working over the past like i don't know two three months on building up my following there and being more engaged and posting more often and i just think it's a really great platform especially for us as like b2b SaaS companies it's just that's where everybody is right and so yep. the nice thing about it is that it's so unsaturated like you post something on twitter 
it's it's gone forever in three hours. Like you, no one's going to see it again, right? You post something on LinkedIn, and it's like that person that only logs into LinkedIn once every two weeks. It's the first thing they see on their feed because there's there's not a fire hose of other stuff getting posted over there, right? So it really has longevity. This whole concept of slow Twitter is for real because your posts stay up there and they really get massive visibility. Lots of people see it. So, um, yeah, I think LinkedIn is an untapped market for a lot of people and uh, I'm trying to drive more of that. Yeah. And it, you know, it is, so that's been one of the other, you know, things inside of our shipping strategy is we're creating more content, more things for people to talk about. Um, and, just really look at like mentions are your best marketing, right? It's a great yeah. way to be relevant and same kind of things, right? Mike uh, Blumenthal did a great post for us on review ratings um, from a bunch of data inside yeah. of gather up from our monitoring. And it was in Moz's, you know, top 10 email of the week and it was shared a bunch of places. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's like the, when you get the amplification of other people grabbing it and then, writing about it in their own words, not just retweeting it. I mean, that's, you know, that's where you see a really nice takeoff and working into their spheres and stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Actually the difference between a basic retweet and a retweet where you add a comment and you talk about like, what is, what is your, your take on this thing? Uh, That really seems to have a much uh, better impact in terms of uh, traction that you'll get off of your content. Totally agree. So I, I'm interested the your switch from search to um, campaigns yeah. um, as, as part of part of it um, was that something that you did you realize that a long time ago did you realize that like while you were building it was that the reason you built it like was it yeah. from customer yeah, suggested think- it like how, where did that come from because it seems like a pretty huge opportunity and swing yeah I was aware of it um, when we started doing the like when the development need came up because the stack was holding us back, we, um, that's when I, I was like, listen, if we're going to do this, can we, can we make some of these changes? And they're like, okay, well, it's not going to be two weeks anymore. It's going to be two months, which of course was also a way underestimate. But, uh, we, that I definitely came up with that at that point because it was like, I, I've always known that I've always been thinking about our local citation finder churn and re- realized that that was the problem. And, and realized that that was the solution too, right? Providing that ongoing value. And so it was when we started getting into it, and that was the sort of the main thing that I added as a, a feature request in addition to just a stack update, right? And then yep. it grew from there. Then, it, of, course, of course, more features came out of it, right? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's where it came from, yeah. But honestly, it's like the way we approach this stuff has been a bit of a lesson. And we did this, we made the same mistake with our rank tracker update we took like two, three years to get that thing out the door. And it's because we don't let it progress in phases. We could have actually launched uh, an improved LCF on a better tech stack. So it would have been faster. The customer would not have noticed the difference, right? And then we could have launched um, uh, a campaign-based focus by just tweaking it a little bit. And that would have been another marketing opportunity. Then we could have been like, Look at this, folks! New design, just like splashy new design. Uh, everyone would be happy. Then we could have added submittability. So all the stuff that we added to the local citation finder, and the, the reason it took two years to get out the door, uh, we could have done that in stages. And every single one of those stages would have been another marketing opportunity. So I really feel like it's a bit of a failure in our process, and it's something that I'm trying to become keenly aware of and 
you know, we're looking at it with our next stuff that we're working on here. And we're like, what is the absolute bare minimum? Let's get that out the door. And then we just keep adding to it. Right. So it's like, well, I would love to get to this point. Like we use a, a project management software system called ClickUp and every week they are pushing out updates. Like that's the way to do it. It's like, don't throw in 10,000 feature updates and then launch one massive thing in a year. Every week, have more new stuff to promote and just keep iterating on a regular basis. And so we're really, I'm really cognizant of that and really shifting to that mindset with uh, stuff that we do going forward. Yeah. No, that, I mean, yeah, my reaction is, yep, that is way too long of a cycle. I I probably, I don't know. I, I look at it, you know, what can we have out the door in 90 to 120 days? Um, and there's, there's definitely been some things that we've done that have taken longer. A lot of times it's not actually, you know, it, it, you have to look at it. It's not like engineering. Um, it's more in the planning, design, gathering requirements, all of that decision-making where things can kind of like stall out, fall flat. Um, you hit a roadblock and you got to like, uh, figure your way uh, out around it. Um, but you know, the exact thing you're pointing out. We definitely did that, and it was uh, a bit of an eye-opener for me on our last um, bigger feature, social sharing, where it turns reviews into a visual image where mm-hmm. you know, we basically said, like, all right, we're, we're going to get this out the door, and this is where we're limiting V1 of it. And then 45, 60 days later, then we launched, you know, so we launched it with integrations with Facebook and Google Posts. Um, and it was also creating uh, LinkedIn and Twitter images that you could download and then post. And then we knew we were going to do a Twitter integration. Yep. And then we got initial user feedback and people wanted a cropping tool. Um, and we had some font size modifications. So then we had like this right second update to it where we'd say like, and now it connects to Twitter and now you can manipulate the image more. And, and yeah, you get those marketing bursts out of it. And you also get it in the hands of your users so they can be like, Oh, I wish it had this or, you know, this would be helpful or nice. So, yeah, totally. So, you know, absolutely. It's it's the way that, uh, you know, we're, we're really trying to make sure that we progress in that format. In fact, last week we had a call about the new big thing that we're working on and we stripped it back. We're like, actually, you know what? This is two things. This is not one thing. Let's, what is the, what is the MVP that we need for this thing that we're building? And we actually, we're now stripping stuff out of the, out of the product that we've been building. And so we're going to just leave that in a separate branch where, so we're, we're, we're creating a new, new branch and then we'll pull it back in later because that stuff's almost done. But I know that that, that other piece of it is going to slow us down by weeks if we decide to include it into this phase one launch. So the, the actual workload is cleaner because we can get everyone focused on the main core thing that we're trying to build. And then we get everyone focused on that next thing. And then everyone focused on that next thing rather than splitting the team and slowing things down. So it's going to be way better. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. And that's, that's, what's great when you go through these, right. And you, you have those learnings and it's just all about uh, how can we get better the next time, uh, what stood out to us, uh, all, yeah. all of those kind of, that, and, and, and that's a fun in it too, right. It can be frustrating in the moment or, you know, when you're like, oh, this should have been obvious, but it, it, it is so great to like learn on the fly like that. And then you get to try it all over again and, and be better the next time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing actually. It's just like this constant growth of both what we know and how we, how we approach the development of things that we're learning and growth of the company, growth of the software, growth of the user base. It's all, 
it's all pretty good. Man, I, I'm glad to be in SAS. Nice. Good work. Well, congrats on uh, congrats on the big launch. Yeah, thanks. It's been really successful, too. It's like, you know, my our goal to reduce the churn has definitely happened. So um, since the whole COVID thing started, we dropped about 12% of, of our subscriptions. In just over two weeks of the launch, we're almost back to parity now. And uh, we're not really seeing the, the churn anymore. And so I think, you know, we've reversed that. And it's not just reversing the COVID losses. We've kind of reversed the losses from the last couple of years. And I, I expect to continue on a growth path now too, where we can kind of get back to the the peak of our subscriptions and then go beyond that. I'm excited okay. about it. That's awesome. I'm excited yeah. for you. Thanks. Way to go. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so the other, you know, part of this, um, you know, for me, uh, no big launch since we last talked, some nice little ones, but uh, obviously facing a, a big challenge with, what we had to do regarding the, you know, reduction of staff. And yeah. the, the hard part with this is right in, in uh, running, owning, operating, uh, being in leadership in businesses for 20 years. Um, I've never had to do something like this. It's always, you know, if, if you've had to let someone go, it's been performance based and you, you've already, you know, it, it's a clear decision and, You've already tried to help that person. You've tried to create a framework to turn it around and succeed, and and it just yep. didn't work out. Sure, yeah. But but this was just like it was it was so much um, different because it was purely a, a role based activity. Whereas like what roles are critical to the business? What ones do you know? Do we have room for as we navigate through this? What will help you know uh, add to the bottom line, retain customers, thing things like that, and you know that part being really. Um, you know, difficult, um, to, to go through. And, and obviously the, the hardest part of, of all of it, I don't want to minimize, right. The hardest part of all of it was for the people who were furloughed and, and let go. Right. Like, yeah. And that, that sits with you hard. Cause you realize I'm about to be part of putting stress onto people who let's face it. A lot of us are already stressed through this. Um, so that, that part, you know, not fun to think about, um, all of those, those, those elements to it. You know, I will say, you know, uh, one, I feel like, uh, Traject took good care of those between, you know, between furloughs and those were laid off as far as like, you know, taking care of them moving forward and the super reasonable timeline on, on benefits and, and things like that. Like, um, I, I felt like a really stand up job was done there to take care of them. Um, and, really good communication with the team um, as far as, you know, why and, and the difficulty and everything else. But you can see the difficulty and how people feel like just today I put in a note because Monday's Memorial Day. So U.S. employees will be off. And that's when we normally have our team standoff and or stand up. And I, I put out a note just saying like, hey, let's just do a quick connect on on Tuesday for, you know, stand up and and whatever else. And I had a couple people message me in there like, is this an, a good meeting? Like they're, they're right. apprehensive of a meeting, yeah. called, right? Because of, of what yep. took place last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I immediately just went and added onto my thing. It's like, Hey, this is our normal standup. It's all good vibes. And you know, whatever happy emojis I could quickly find to put on there. But you know, just it, it, it was just such a, you know, emotionally it was very difficult. Cause one, um, when you build a company from scratch, 
you, you we gather up definitely built a, a family culture. So it feels like we, you know, we, we had to put a couple pe- um, people who are our family off to the side and, and that was really yeah. hard. And then, yeah. you know, personally, the worst part was, um, we eliminated the role of my head designer and he has been with me at three different companies. Like we've worked together nearly 12 years. Like, oh, he, you know, yeah, my kids know him like, yeah. um, and it was, it was hard. And it's that, you know, you, you definitely hear stories over time where people, right. You, you work with friends or you develop close friendships and you know something goes wrong or the friend leaves. Right. I've, I've seen all of those sides, but I've definitely never had to, you know, lay off a friend. Um, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was gut wrenching, and you know, it was it was one of the first times where I'm usually um, I'm able to find like the mode that's needed in those moments where I'm both um, able to communicate, um, but still, um, you know, have the emotional side, and you, you know, not not be robotic, um, and, right. and you know, understand the gravity of the situation. But you know, this one, right? It was myself and our CEO that that did the call with him. And like, I, I just pretty much was on the call to cry. I mean, I just cried and it was just this feeling of helplessness and, and partially feeling like, you know, I've felt like I was letting him down as a leader and a friend um, and just sad for the circumstance, right? Like I, I yeah. can't control COVID. I can't control the economy, all these things I can't control, but it just, it felt horrible. Yeah. It's gut wrenching. That's really tough when, those decisions have to be made about positions like that. And especially when you have such a close relationship with uh, one of these colleagues you've worked with for 12 years, you know, yeah. really sorry, man. Yeah. Thanks. But you know, he, I, I will say like um, all of the people I dealt with that were impacted, like it, all it did is prove why they were on our team. They were professional. Yep. They had their heads up. They understand the situation. Yep. You know, they're, they're either furloughed and, you know, cheering us on so that we can get them back or they're grateful for what took place and excited for the next thing. Right. And like, yeah, to me, that just instantly was like, this is exactly why I've worked with you for so long because of how you handled this and everything else. And it's been hard. It just, it leaves, again, it leaves holes in the family. Like our, our meetings haven't been the same um, just Mm -hmm. because of how those people like connect, who brings the jokes, who has the music, you know, all, all of those different things. So, um, yeah, we've had, we've had similar feelings with some of the layoffs we've had here too. It's, it's, it's always tough, right? They leave those holes on the team, right? So yeah, yeah we're hoping to rebuild and, and get uh, some of those team members back in the next yeah. month or two too. So that's yeah. what we're working towards. Yeah. And it's just, uh, when you're, when you're used to for so long creating opportunities yeah, and totally. when you're on the other end of like, where you feel like you're taking away an opportunity, like, yeah. That's just, that's just really heavy stuff. And then, you know, lastly, at the same time, right. It just made me realize like how much I care about our team and how I want to, you know, work tirelessly so that no one else is affected like this. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had thoughts like, what if I leave? And so other people can stay and things like that. And you ultimately, you know, I arrived at is like, I I trust myself more than anyone else to like, get us through this and I will do whatever it takes to do that. And so I need, I need to, to do that. So. Yeah. I feel the same. It's like, I, you know, some of them, our team has, they did reduced hours and 
I feel like I, I took on a lot of those extra hours. I've been working way more than usual trying to, you know, I guess initially it was save the company mode. And now it's just driving all these initiatives forward. You know, some of the team members are still on reduced hours. And so it just, it creates a lot of extra load, like to get all the things done that we're trying to do. Right. So I'm just really pushing extra hard right now. Heck yeah. I'm right with you. Yep. What was the cool thing? (laughs) All right. Um, are, yeah, are you are you a follower, or have you ever paid attention to Gary Vaynerchuk at all? Uh, not a follower. I know who he is. Uh, uh, I've I've seen some of his stuff. Yeah, he's he's re- he's, he's like a little too intense for me. I think that that Gary. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I mean that's easy to see. So like obviously, right? Uh, if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V is, like longtime entrepreneur, um, yeah. and super early adopter of social media. Like that's how I came across him was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years ago when he was doing wine library TV, he actually spoke in a a really cool event that used to take place in Omaha called big Omaha. And it was almost like a mini South by Southwest. Um, and he did his show live there. Um, I got to speak at another event, um, where he spoke at. So I got to like meet him for 30 seconds, talk to him real quick, but anyway, just a high level engager and whatever else. Well, He's rolled out a new service um, as part of his his wine business. He also owns a massive um, uh, agency, too, called VaynerMedia. Um, but it's winetext.com. Mm-hmm. And all you basically do, it's a one-page site. And since Gary's so well-known, has an audience, has been selling wine forever. You can sell anything, that guy. Yeah, there's like a 45, 60-second YouTube video and... All you do on that page is enter in your email, your cell phone, where you would ship wine to, um, and your credit card information. And then what they do is they text you every day with a deal of the day. And then if you want to buy it, you just reply with like four bottles and they ship. Oh, wow. So, wow. That's so easy. It's so so easy. Oh, the impulse buying. You've just tapped into that impulse buy. Wow. Yeah. It's so basic. But, you know, it takes having that audience, right? Like you, you have to have something to, to go with it to have an instant boost. But I was like, all right, let's talk about removing purchase barriers, right? Like where here it's like, all right, if I spend two minutes and enter all of my, you know, shipping payment and contact info. Now, anytime I want to buy, like you are, I'm giving you permission to like, send me a daily deal. And all I have to do is reply with a number and the bottles are going to show up. I don't have to yeah. enter payment. I don't have to click on anything. Like, nothing. Type yeah. that shit again. Just, just yeah. reply to a text. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally, it blew my mind. And it got me thinking of things like, especially thinking like the restaurant industry right now. Right. Yeah. And how different it is and whatever else. I'm like, what if, what if a restaurant just created like, here's our meal for the day. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you just responded with, yeah, I want three of those. It's, you know, enchiladas tonight. Yeah, I want I want three of them. And that was your, you know, ordering without all the other stuff, right? And there's, yeah, I get there's a lot of complexities, but it just but yeah, like... yeah, totally. Yeah. Amazing, I, right? You just yeah. basically, use, you register on the site and then we'll send you the like Friday special and yeah. be like, do you want the Friday special? The person's like, yes, I do. And then it just yeah. shows up. Yeah. So it's it was amazing. just one of those like, I... I um, I had seen tweets where he was talking about it and whatever else. And I never clicked into it for some reason this morning I was up working super early and, and clicked on it at some point this morning. 
and within you know taking it in i was just like this is brilliant like this really is a, this yeah. is a whole different way to do business and i'm like i don't know it just it got my wheels turning big time no i'm gonna do actually as soon as we get off this call i'm gonna go through our our accounts database and i'm gonna text every one of our customers and be like do you want to upgrade yes or no <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then if they say yes boom more money in the company look at that uh, way to go see quick you're quick to adapt that will not take two weeks that'll take two days yeah two exactly two days i'm gonna get that done i'm gonna talk to my dev team right now i'm gonna just sign up for one of those tech services import all the numbers just press the button awesome <laughs> all right cool darren well uh great to great to catch up uh hopefully we'll be able to record again in you know sub sub 30 days um yeah. congrats on 20 episodes. I mean, anytime we cross a round number, just things feel a lot more real. So 20 episodes under our belt. 20 episodes. Yeah. But that feels like, you know, it just gets more and more real. This podcast. We're not a teen anymore. No. Yeah. Thanks a lot to all of our listeners. Uh, Keep listening. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing our awesome content. Yeah. And keep, uh, you know, plugging in random jokes into Twitter on us. Uh, it makes it. it makes our day for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, you uh, you take care and we'll uh, we'll catch up hopefully in uh, two, three weeks again. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Yep. See you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.